Don't look now, but the Green Bay Packers are not out of the NFC playoff race. Plus, their best chance to beat the Lions is the same game plan they tried to use and, of course, failed the first time around. Plus, why they can't afford any of these special teams-only spots on the roster, and Don Leavitt just proved it. All that on today's Tuesday Locked on Packers. Let's go. You are Locked on Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, the lowest price guaranteed. That is Game Time. This season didn't go in the middle the way that the Packers would have liked it to, but it can still end the way that the Packers want it to. If the season were to end right now, the Packers would be the eighth seed in the NFC. Only seven teams get into the playoffs, so that is nothing to write home about to be sure, but there are is only one team then that they have to pass to get into the postseason. And it's not inconceivable that two of the teams currently ahead of them could fall out of postseason contention altogether. The Seattle Seahawks right now are six and four. But their next four games, they play on Thanksgiving as well. They have San Francisco at home. The 49ers are a much, much better football team, and that travel is not burdensome on the 49ers. Then they have, at Dallas, they have to go back to play San Francisco in Northern California, and then they get Philadelphia. They could be 6-8 and eight in a hurry, and that doesn't even account for a game against, for example, the Cardinals, who without Kyler Murray look like, or with Kyler Murray, look like a different football team. If they go 9-8 and eight, and the Packers say go 9-8, and eight, more on that in a second, then it comes down to tiebreakers and those kinds of things. And all these NFC games, if they lose them, matter a lot. The Vikings are 6-5. and five. They lost to the Broncos on Monday, Sunday night, excuse me. They're 6-5. and five. They have the Lions twice, plus they have the Packers. So if the Packers are going to do what they will need to do to get, likely, to nine wins, they'll have to beat the Vikings in a head-to-head matchup. You don't beat the Vikings in the head-to-head matchup, 
you don't deserve to go to the playoffs. If the Packers keep playing, especially on offense, and we know offense is the sustainable thing, it is the translatable thing, it is the thing that tends to stay sticky week to week, year to year. If they keep playing offense the way that they have been, they can win a lot of these games. Can they beat the Lions on the road? Sure, they can. Division games are weird. We've seen bad Lions teams beat really good Packers teams. It's just the way divisional matchups tend to go. Absolutely, Green Bay can go in and beat Detroit. We're going to talk about how and why, that is the log line of the show after all, in the second segment of the show. But let's say they don't. And then they go and they don't beat the Chiefs because it looks like they're not going to be able to beat the Chiefs. Could they? Sure. The Chiefs let up. They, they play great. De- their defense is incredible. I mean, if Philly can't block them, no one can. But I don't expect those to be wins. So even if you're 4-8, and eight, the final five games for Green Bay, you go at New York to play the Giants and Tommy DeVito and, and the laundry that his mom is doing for him. You're home for Tampa. It's that that is, I think, uh, a tricky one, but you're home. So that's nice. You go to Carolina, the worst team in the league. Like easily by far the worst team in the league. Then you have that at Minnesota game. Justin Jefferson could be back for that one if Justin Jefferson is gonna, you know, actually be a part of the end of this season. And it seems like, you know, they want him to be back out there. He wants to be back out there, whether or not that's the smart thing to do. Look, they're gonna decide that. That's not for me to decide. If it were me, I wouldn't put him out there. He's the franchise, especially when you don't have a quarterback. So I wouldn't do that irrespective of what's going on with Green Bay. They're probably going to do that. Still, it's not a great team. The Packers have shown, even when they're not a great team and the Vikings are winning a bunch of games, not only can they win, they can win big. And don't say Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, not even, not even like on the list of reasons the Packers beat the, the Vikings last year and beat the daylights out of them at Lambeau. Aaron Rodgers is like 14th on the list of reasons why. And then you close with Chicago. They have a chance to win all five of those games to close. They could be four and eight, much like they were last year, and have a chance to run the table to get to nine and eight and sneak into the postseason in a soft NFC. And, and you're going, okay, well... Does it really matter if they're the eighth seed or the seventh seed and they sneak in and they get to play the Eagles in the first round? And my answer is absolutely yes, it matters. And I I don't even want to dig into the machinations of like, okay, well, but, you know, if, if the Lions have the number one or the number two seed locked up going into week 18 and the Vikings, they play in week 18, the, the Lions might not play anybody and and you have the, the Vikings. That, first of all, it doesn't seem like a Dan Campbell thing to do to just not play guys. But even with his backups, he's going to try and win that game. That just seems like what Dan Campbell would try and do. But I don't, I don't even want to get down that road. In the same way that I just don't care about draft seating. It is so valuable to, to just put games together, to build that confidence in the second half of the season. Even if you don't win all five, let's say you win four, let's say you win three. You go seven and 10. It's not ideal. It's not what you wanted. 
but it's a lot better than four and 13 or five and 12 or, or even six and 11. You find some continuity at the end of the season. They like by right, they'll be favored. Certainly they'll be favored in New York. I would think depending, I mean, unless they just get like, unless they lose 50 to 10 the next two weeks, I think they'll be favored at home against Tampa. Probably not in Minnesota, but I think in Carolina. And then they'll be favored at home against the Bears. Like, just win the games that you're supposed to win, and you're going to win four of these. So the you know the conversations about draft positioning seem so silly to me because you're not going to be in a position really to get Joe Alt or Marvin Harrison Jr. You're you're just not or or Caleb Williams or uh, Drake May. So get those thoughts out of your head and. You know, Nate Tice said this on the Athletic Football Show the other day. When he's watched Jordan Love, he has not seen a quarterback in this draft that he goes, well, I'd rather have that guy than Jordan Love. Outside of the top two, Drake May and Caleb Williams are different kinds of cats. But the Michael Penix, the J.J. McCarthy's, even the Jaden Daniels, who I'm really, really high on. I love Jaden Daniels. Someone like Nate Tice, by the way, used to work as a, a scout in the NFL, a quality a control coach as well, played quarterback in college, he's going, no, no, Jordan Love. I'd rather have Jordan Love. Right now, so would I. And so what you want to do is build this team together to find those opportunities to grow as a team. We talked um, about you know the, the two-play sequence that can change everything. Two plays that show things are changing. Talked about it last week at the end. And then you see the second reaction plays. Jordan Love rolling to his left, finding Dontavian Wicks in the middle of the field. The play that that had you know people feeling the vapors for Jordan Love. Those moments of, oh, I see the field the way that you see the field. And that leads to winning. That gives confidence to everybody. There was a great quote from Christian Watson. And there was a couple great quotes that came out of this. Pete Doherty had a story for Packers News. And I just, uh, Christian Watson is one of those guys, and for as critical of, of him as I have been at times this season, and, and I think rightfully so. I mean, I stand by all of the criticisms. He had this great quote. He said, when you're talking about chemistry, he said, we were struggling with that. Regardless of whether anyone wants to admit it, that hurts confidence. Brings doubt in the mind. We just had to find a way to mesh, find a rhythm, and just go out there and play ball. We had the parts right away. We just had to find a way to put them together. When you know you have the right guys, but you don't have the right rhythm, the right continuity, it can breed doubt. And when you're not getting the outcome, so even if the process is good, if you're not getting the right outcomes, it might make you question the process. That's a very real, a very human part of the game. And to have some positivity to come out of that, to get some good results in addition to what I think is right now at least some really good process, that is valuable validation for this young Packers team that I think they can use to push them moving forward. So even if they don't make the playoffs to push for the playoffs, to have these games mean something down the stretch. Even if you lose the next two, you have the opportunity 
Don't lose hope in this locker room. I want to see them fight and scratch and claw. It means something to keep that faith, to keep playing hard and give yourself a chance late because nine and eight could be good enough for them to get in. They have the talent and the capabilities to win their last five. They have the, they have the talent and the capability to win any game left on their schedule. In the case of the Lions and the, and the Chiefs, those teams probably just have to not play great. We've seen that happen. We've seen it happen. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what this looks like down the stretch. They have an opportunity here. Doesn't mean they're going to grab it. We've seen them fail with some opportunities in the earlier parts of the season. A game against Denver, a game against the Raiders, where you go, they should definitely beat these teams, and they didn't. They look like a different team right now. We'll see if that's something that, that can translate down the stretch. We're going to talk more about the game plan to try and beat Detroit and why it's going to look pretty similar to what they tried the first time and couldn't quite do it. All of that coming up in just a second here on Locked on Packers. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Buying tickets should not be a hassle. You should just be excited about getting to go to whatever concert or uh, comedy show that you want to go to. Game Time can help you do it because you can see the view from your seat before you buy. So you know exactly what you get before you arrive and all in prices show your total upfront. So you know, you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Plus you can buy tickets in seconds. One of the things that I love about game time is they have a game time guarantee, which means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will credit you a hundred percent, 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off that first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off that first purchase. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, the lowest price guaranteed. It's GameTime. Today's episode also brought to you by our friends at BetterHelp. We could all use some help being the best versions of ourselves. And that's what BetterHelp can bring you with therapy that fits your schedule. This time of year can be a lot. The holidays can bring on feelings of sadness, of anxiety, and therapy can be a bright spot amid all of the stress and change, something to look forward to, something to make you feel grounded, to give you the tools to manage everything you have going on in your life. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash lockdown to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for your 24-7 coverage. They have the top sports stories, 
of the day with local experts. That's what we do here on Locked On Packers. That's what every show around the Locked On Podcast Network does, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe for the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming YouTube channel. In week four, the Packers came out trying to sling the rock against the Detroit Lions. And the reason it didn't work was they couldn't they couldn't block it up. And also because the Packers had no identity. They didn't know the players that they could count on. They were trying to work Christian Watson back into the fold, trying to figure out what their offense looks like. Aaron Jones, limited, all that stuff. Doesn't seem like Aaron Jones is going to play this week. Packers signed James Robinson. They bring back Patrick Taylor. It's going to be the A.J. Dillon show for the most part. But now they have more experience dealing with those losses. They have more experience with featuring someone like Jaden Reed, with featuring Romeo Dobbs in just the right ways that suit him finding ways to use Christian Watson's speed horizontally in the low red zone. He's a killer in the red zone because of the way he can eliminate angles. They they were able to scheme up a touchdown that they drew up on the sideline. Love to see that. The continuity on this offense makes it easier to have to play one-dimensionally if, in fact, you do. I don't think... The Packers can live if they have to be totally one-dimensionally or totally one-dimensional, but they are better equipped now to do it than they were in week four. And it seemed like they were well-equipped in week four. You come off week three with the Saints game in the fourth quarter. They look great against a really great defense. And you go, okay, this is this is what this team can be. And they come out aggressively. And, and I think, frankly... Um, Some of the mistakes that were made, both with Jordan Love, with the pass protection, some of the early play calls, drops, those kinds of things. I think they set the Packers back. I think Matt LaFleur got skittish. Stopped wanting to throw to the middle of the field. I think Jordan Love stopped wanting to throw to the middle of the field. Those interceptions on, on the drift concept, I think got him a little skittish. He looked much better throwing to the middle of the field against the Chargers. Now the Chargers keep the middle of the field pretty open. That's a a different thing than than most defenses are going to give them. But it was nice to see Jordan Love come back to those opportunities. If you go and look at what the, the Lions have been over the last six or so weeks, this has not been a great defense. This has not been anything close to the defense we saw them be early in the season. In fact, over that time period, they are next to last in metrics like success rate, EPA per play. One of the worst scoring defenses in the league over that time frame. They're just playing at a different level. And for the Packers, you know you're going to have to score points if, if... The Bears don't just fumble the game away. And I know they got three turnovers in that one. But if they don't fumble the game away, they beat the Lions in Detroit. Justin Fields, I mean, he played. He played. He technically played quarterback. 
I don't, I don't know why you would be as scared of this version of the Lions team as maybe you should have been in week four. And I was not, like, I, I thought the Packers matched up well against that team. I didn't understand the line. And they got their asses kicked. <laughs> I mean, what do, you, what do you want me to say? I was, I was wrong about that. I thought the Packers were playing at a higher level. And the turnovers are once again going to be a big deal, to be sure. But... For example, the Packers blocked up the edge rush pretty well against the Chargers. Understanding Joey Bosa went out early. Khalil Mack still still is a, a, a hell of a player. And the Lions, it's Aiden Hutchinson. They they don't have that, that across-the-board level uh, play. The Packers remember, Zach Tom was playing on one leg on a short week in that game. For some reason, they're not going to play the Lions on a Sunday or a Monday this season. They're both going to be on a Thursday. That's weird. But like you have a, a, a white pass rusher in a 70s jersey. Destroy them. Well, maybe Sean Ryan gets the start. John Rooney Jr. gets hurt, and he's playing on one leg in that game. Zach Tom was already playing on one leg. You're trying to figure out what what is Rasheed Walker? What can he do for you? I mean, your offensive line was banged up in that game. Now you have Elton Jenkins, Josh Myers, I don't, Sean Ryan, but Zach Thomas healthy. You've got your tight ends out there. They they played that final two-minute drive where they go down and score to, to get what ended up being the game-winning points. They did that from 12, from two tight end looks. They had Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft on the field together. Now Luke Musgrave did not practice on Wednesday. You hope that is just a precautionary measure. It didn't seem like he came out of the game dealing with issues, but sometimes over the course of, you know, a couple days after uh, the game, and in this case, not a couple days, but you have to do like one of those fake practice reports because you didn't really practice. The next day you go, oh, well, we would have we'd, we'd given him rest because he was banged up. You hope that, and the Packers are, are not going to practice in all likelihood all week. Um, probably some sort of walkthrough so you can give the injured guys a chance to show it. Like Darnell Savage was activated this week, given a chance to return from IR. So um, are, are they going to have an opportunity to even see if he can go? My guess would be he's not going to play this week, but you give him a, you open the window and then you can bring him back when you, when you need to bring him back against Kansas City. I, I think the plan that they set out to, to effort against the Lions the first time is the right one. They can block it up more effectively this time, and everything about their passing game is better. Now, Dontavian Wicks seems like he's dealing with a concussion. If that's the case, it's probably unlikely to go on Thursday, but with Jaden Reed, with Romeo Dobbs, with uh, Christian Watson, and then your tight ends, if Luke Musgrave, that injury is, is not a big deal. I mean, Luke Musgrave, third and 11 against Derwin James' man coverage. He wins and survives contact. What more do you need to know? This, this Packers team is so much more diverse in what they can do right now that it has to be exciting to think about what they can do against even the best defenses, and they're going to face some really good defenses here down the stretch when they're trying to win some of these games. I want to close out with what ends up being a, a sort of word of warning, but, but more a, a cautionary tale 
for the Green Bay Packers when it comes to Dallin Leavitt. That's coming up here in just a second on Locked on Packers. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. The Packers come into this week seven and a half point underdogs to the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving. I think in a neutral field, this game is more like five, maybe less, but it's not on a neutral field. It's in Detroit. It's on a short week. This is this is a tough one for me. I think, I think I'm going to play the Packers. I did not end up betting the Packers against the Chargers. I wanted to get to that three and a half number. It didn't end up mattering because they won outright. I wanted, it started at three and a half. I didn't bet it. I should have bet it. It got to three and I was like, eh, no, I'll, I'll wait for it to get back to three and a half, hoping that it would. It didn't. And then I didn't. But look, guess what? I swept my bets. So now we're now we're really having fun. And that's the beauty of FanDuel. You, right now, even better. You hit a money line and you get 150 bucks back in bonus bets, assuming you bet at least $5 on that money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to kick off your playoff push just the right way. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top stories in sports with the local experts on Locked On Plus, the national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Last thing that I want to get to here. Dallin Leavitt gets cut to make room for some running backs on Monday. And there just was never really room on this team for mediocre special teams only players. And it was indicative of the degree to which the Packers had empowered Rich Bisaccia that Dallin Leavitt had a role on this team at all because under no circumstances would they have wanted him playing safety for the Green Bay Packers defense. And so understanding that, you have to be a, a Matthew Slater level special teamer, a non-returner, like returners are different. Like if, if all Keyshawn Nixon did was return, he'd be worth the roster spot. He happens to also be their starting nickel and has played pretty well, especially of late. Did not start off the season, I think, particularly well, but has played much better of late. It, it is one thing to emphasize a culture and say, look, it's important to invest in these positions and you have to be willing to pay money to get these players and you have to be willing to inject draft capital into the special teams in order for it to improve. But it's also true that if you're not performing at a high level as a special teams only player, you don't have a spot on the roster. Like it, it just, even for a team that's four and six and fighting for its lives, they can't afford that. So if you're going to be a special teams only player, you have to be an awesome special teams player or you have to be the kicker or the punter or the long snapper. And if you stink at one of those things, it's generally pretty easy to replace. You know, Anders Carlson, 
is having his issues. The Packers seem to have a lot of confidence in him. What's crazy is he has not missed from the 20s, has not missed from the 30s, has not missed from 50 plus until Sunday, but then had not made a field goal in the 40s. I think that was what the stat was. It's a it's a wild stat. Daniel Whelan's been fine as, as the punter. But like I think of the guy that I always think of. I don't know why I always think of him. He's got a great name. Maybe that's the reason. Is someone like Lamont Hollingquest. You go think about those mid-90s teams. Those of you old enough to remember those mid-90s teams. There were players on those teams. Rob Davis. I think Rob Davis is in the Packers Hall of Fame. Like, And if, and if he's not, he was a, a Packers um, personnel person for a long time. Became a, a core member of the Packers organization. Desmond Howard was the Super Bowl MVP. Like those teams had special teams only players who were premium. And that was all they did. And it was okay because they were awesome. They were awesome at it. And the Packers have had over the last 30 years some really good returners. Roel Preston and Alan Rossum and Micah Hyde when he was a punt returner. And, and Keyshawn Nixon is the latest. But it's been those other guys. Like they haven't had a Matthew Slater type, someone who's just been on this team for 10 years, who is the 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 core guy that is all you know you can always rely on him. And part of that is because you're you're rolling through special teams coordinators and there's no continuity there. But it is a luxury to have those kinds of players because if you can't contribute in meaningful ways to the other parts of the team. You just have to be great. And the Packers have held, I think, frankly, too many spots for those guys. Like, I would rather Grant DuBose be on the active roster than down Leavitt. Because Leavitt is not an elite special teams player. He's a, he's a core special teams only player for Rich Bisaccia, but not good enough. You're not a good enough player. And it was the double penalty, I'm sure, was the last straw. They needed the running backs. That's part of it, too. It becomes a numbers game at a certain point. But you also just have to be better if you're a special teams-only player. And the Packers just can't afford that. They frankly just can't afford it. Too many young players on this team. Give them the chance to, to earn their keep on special teams, to, to get more opportunities on special teams. I think the, the Ted Thompson method was the right one. Now, you can have a better coach. And maybe you sign a veteran here, a veteran there to be, you know, a core special teamer if they're a really good core special teamer. But other than that, let these young players try and earn their reps and you have them build up the ranks like that. I think that I think that methodology works. Clearly what what they're trying with more effort and all that, all the money that they're paying Rich Pisaccio, that's not working. All right, back tomorrow, Lily Zhao on our Wednesdays. How you doing? We've got our crossover Thursday coming and then we're live on Thanksgiving after the game on the Locked on Packers YouTube channel. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live on our YouTube page, like we will be after the game on a Thursday, you can do that. Go subscribe to our Locked on Packers YouTube page so you can stay Locked on Packers.